0: Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Building a Bridge. My name is
1: Jesse Brizendine. My name is Jared Countess, and our mission is to empower people to use their voice to build a bridge beyond race relations, creating unity and understanding, effectively raising the collective consciousness of humanity.
0: Last week, we got into a discussion on emotional triggers, and we started to look at how certain things, whether it's environment or words or language choices whatever that might be can trigger emotional responses and then when those emotional responses are triggered we will engage in behaviors in accordance to those emotions uh today you want me to do the today jared or you want to do the today
1: oh uh, i'm gonna do it then i'm gonna like send it right back to you okay okay, so, okay I'll, so- I'll send it over to jared and i'll just
0: tell you all really quick before i send to jared you're in for a treat this is going to be the shortest video you've ever had for us because we've spent the last almost hour talking about superheroes and we cut away from all of <laughs> our filming time. So
1: now, All right, Jared. Well, yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, we're going to bring superhero conversation back into this one. But okay. So um, today we're going to talk about, some, we talked about those emotional triggers last year and how we come to conversations, as you said earlier, Jesse, armed. And I'm going to let Jesse build on that. But um, we, we, now it's become like this, it's become cool to be an asshole for lack of a better word, like to, 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 you know, talk or speak, you know, um, and, you know, verbally abusive or violent ways. I'm going to let Jesse kind of, you know, dig on that because he was, he was on the roll right before we started filming.
0: Yeah. And this is something I think all of us can examine is what Jared and I were talking about before is one of the challenges in, in discourse in, I think, from our perspective is that we have, and many of you have experienced this too, which is why I think most of us are, are celebrating the community that's being created here in the group, is we're able to voice and have difficult conversations and it's not immediately turning into name calling, demonizing and vilifying. Once we remove ourselves from kind of our safety net that we have here in our community, in the Building and Bridge community and go out to the real world The quote unquote real world, many of us have probably found that when we try to have these difficult conversations, it may not be greeted with the same way. That oftentimes people are coming to conversations fully armored. But when we're talking about fully armored, they're not coming with guns or knives or swords or those types of things. They're coming with words and terminology. They're showing up and they have cards to play, whether it's the race card or the Trump card or the misogynistic card or the ignorant card or it goes on and on and on. And my observation is, is Lisa, and this is just my opinion. I won't speak for Jared or any of you. It's becoming a fundamental challenge to communication because what we're doing in, in our communication is we're starting to vilify words and allowing for people to just use words the way that we're using. So since we're getting to a point where we can come armored up and we have these words that we weaponize, we are then, by weaponizing words, we're giving people more and more ammunition. And where I think this is a challenge is because, and it and it doesn't just have to be overt, right? It's not just necessarily name-calling in the most blunt form like Trump might do. It can also be really strategic name-calling in the way some of the other, some, we see some of our other political leaders do, where we might we say it in a very sly and intellectual way, but we're basically doing a backhand to the person, right? And the challenge with all this is, is what it ends up doing is it ends up having us dance around getting to real resolution because we're never having real conversation. Instead, what we're doing is we are throwing out a, an attack and then the rest of the conversation is either defending that attack or reinforcing that attack of why that attack is true. And we've all, we've all recognized this in our own lives. This is a classic example of the argument we've had with our significant others about taking the trash out. We go to take out the trash, it doesn't happen, and all of a sudden, 10 minutes later, we're yelling and screaming at each other, arguing about something that has nothing to do with the trash. All of us have had probably in a situation like that. And what ends up happening through that expression of upset is the trash doesn't necessarily get taken out or if it does, maybe gets taken out out of a resentment, guilt, frustration, a I told you so, every once in a while, we might get to a place of, where we have a resolution of love, where the trash is taken out as a purely loving act. Where my opinion is, is this becomes a challenge, is this, if we are doing these things now, and in our discourse, we are just getting to this, it's okay, Jared was saying it, and I'll let him talk on this a little bit, before, a little bit too, is it's kind of becoming a cool thing to be a jerk in a way it's kind of becoming like we all have, we, you know, with a keyboard warrior phrase. And so we have these different mediums of communication of which many provide us with some sense of anonymity and that we have the screen protecting us from the person, which gives us a way to just, you know, pop off and say whatever we want. The challenge with this is, is that when we do that, We're creating relationship dynamics now where we're no longer relating with a human being. We're relating with the the label that we've we've labeled them as, and vice versa, because now when they relate to us, they're no longer relating to us probably as a human being, but they're relating to us as the, the jerk that didn't you know the jerk that cast down their belief system because they like Trump or they don't like Trump or they support the police or they don't support the police this is going to be a real challenge for growth because when we go to name calling, there's no understanding. There's no desire to understand because we've already decided. And how can we understand if we've already decided? And what we've already decided is that person's an asshole. They're wrong. They're incorrect. They're racist. They're misogynist. They're whatever. And when we've made that decision, you know, the great irony is, is we'll often, we will often place labels on others because of a perception of ignorance. But I would argue that if we're so quick to label others, the ignorance might fall right back onto us because by doing so, we are completely reducing ourselves to an entity of all knowing being right. And therefore the other must be wrong and there's nothing we can learn and understand from them.
1: Cool. Okay. So, (laughs) um, there was a lot to unpack what you just said there. Um I just want to focus on the one piece um as far as this, because this is something that I, I was speaking about when we were talking, is um, you know, in our society today, um it's become it feels like it's becoming more and more cool to be a jerk. And when and I guess I should preface that by saying that um maybe in the past cool kids were always a little snarky or you know, assholes or whatever. Um, but we plotted, right? We had the ideal, the ideal was to be something better than that. And this is what me and Jesse were talking about when we were talking about superheroes, right? Things like that. And, um, you know, just talking about what we used to see as the ideal, like a Captain America type of character, right? And now, we look at that in, in, in large part and considered phony or fake, whatever. Like nobody can be that altruistic. Nobody can be that good. Nobody can want to be that good, right? And um, I think part of this, uh, I'll, be, I'll be honest, part of this is, is growth in terms of realism. And part of it is a huge back step in terms of, what it is that we want to be, right? Um, you know, uh, when we talk about, even if I were to step down a deep rabbit hole and talk about religion and Christianity, right? You know, um, the Christ, right? The basis of Christianity, Christ, you know, let he who is with all sin cast the first stone, right? Nowadays, we walk out our door throwing stones, right? We walk out our door, throwing rocks at people um, and, and, and aiming them to the point where we're not even throwing it at a sin or something like that that we don't like. We're literally picking and choosing a person, right, on one side of the table, looking at what they've done, throwing stones, calling names, blah, 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 and then a, a person on the outside of the table, right, or on outside of the conversation or the argument who has done almost the exact same things. We shield them, (laughs) right? Shield that. No, you're not, you can't talk about that with this guy, right? But we're going to throw stones that way. So um, we've become, in in my opinion, a lot of times, guys, don't take it the wrong way. That's why we started this group so we can have a place where we're not that. But we've become more hypocritical, right? And more um, aggressively violent in our language. And we almost hold that as an ideal if that if i'm making any kind of sense like we look up to people like we can know that they're being hypocritical but man they got them that time right yeah. they just that was a zinger they got their ass high, right <laughs> but we know we know that they did and you know the same thing that they got this person for they did that same exact thing right or they're doing that right and it's like um you know, it's 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 really it becomes it places the onus on us to decide. You know, what do we truly admire? And what do we truly want to be like? Right? And, and 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 what kind of standards are we going to hold ourselves up to in our conversations with other people? Right? And and, and what kind of conversations are we going to? You know when we choose to be a dick or an ass, when we choose to be a jerk ourselves, right, or whatever, or to be brutally honest, if you wanna call it that, right? When are we gonna be brutally honest? Are we only gonna do it when it favors us or supports our point of view? Or are we gonna do it to be absolutely brutally honest? Right are we gonna do it to 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 promote an ideal, and that's kind of like what we were talking about with like the captain America thing, like and why you know people everywhere are like because it didn't matter if it was American government or whatever you know um he tried to stick to what he believed was right at all times, no matter the cost, no matter who stood behind it um and that was. It was universal about him, even when his own feelings were involved, um, you know, and his own alliances and allegiances were were involved. He still tried to tried to do what was right. We could do. We get into an argument about civil war, uh, but we'll we'll leave, we'll leave that we'll leave that uh, we'll leave that a little we'll leave that out of it. And and even when we love Tony Stark at the end, right? Who did he reach out to? when you know Thanos was coming back despite whether or not he wanted to or not who did he pick up the the cell phone and call you know what I mean Mm -hmm. you know um, and so we, we, we I think innately we value truth and honor still but I think with I don't know if it's Twitter culture or instant gratification whatever we have allowed ourselves to start to um, look up to hypocrisy in a way that's my opinion guys. um or maybe more maybe we're just choosing to turn the blind eye <laughs> to yeah
0: see. you know in in relationship psychology, depending on your field of study, there will be different designations to. To categorize relationships and usually it's it's taught in the context of romantic relationships but i will often teach it too from a a social context because i think it's applicable and most people so if we just look at there's four primary designations of it and the level one would be a a i'll i'll love you i i'm going to be in a relationship with you because you make me feel better about myself but it's once you start making me feel, you stop making me feel better about myself, I'm not gonna be in that relationship with you. Level two is where I would say the overwhelming majority of people exist in relationships, even though we, it doesn't sound romantic to say, and most of us would never acknowledge this, it's in that dynamic of, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. I love you as long as you love me. Conditional. But if you don't, but here's the thing, I, I need you to scratch my back But you're going to expect me to scratch it. Now, if I don't reciprocate and scratch it, that's where resentment, mistrust, all those things start to build, right? And even more so, if I do scratch it, but I'm not scratching it in the way that you scratched mine, we have guilt, shame, all these other emotions come in. And then we start to get into level three, which is I scratch your back just because I love to scratch your back because I love that you love to have your back scratched. Now, that's kind of the romanticized, idealized version of relationships. And most of us don't get there, I think. I, you know We we talk about unconditional love, but most of our relationships are very conditional, right? It's you love me, but it wouldn't sound very romantic if we said our vows and said, oh, yeah, I promise to love you and cherish you as long as you do. do, 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 do. Just wouldn't quite go with the the hallmark narrative that we've all been pitched. And this isn't to say that I don't I don't like those stuff. I'm, I'm definitely one of the first ones to cry in a sappy rom-com movie. So I love the ideals of it, but I'm also understanding that these dynamics play out because human we're human beings. So if we take the same dynamic and we look it over to our social communication, you can see where most of us are in this kind of level one, level two, mm-hmm. right? Well, well I'll, I'll scratch your back, but when you don't scratch mine, what's the point? And, and the thing is with it is it's something that, <clears throat> it's tragic because then what is the alternative? The alternative is anger. The alternative is, is we just don't talk to somebody. So then we cut off our own ability to learn and grow because we're now demonizing this person as being a non-backscratcher. And then where does that escalate from there? Do we go to violence? Do we go to, because we can certainly force our ideals on others. We could, we could go to wars. We've done that before and we could have thousands, millions of people die Over belief systems. The tragedy, I think, of so much of that is, is that these levels, and that's not to say that we're going that way right now. What it is to say is there's an opportunity, from my perspective, to really look at how are we communicating with one another, and are we communicating because we're trying to get our back scratched, or are we communicating simply because we love the process of we love the process of communication. We believe so strongly in what we believe that we are willing to communicate through the discomfort and not resort to name calling or playing the race card or the trump card or whatever it is. But really we're communicating because we're seeking to get a deeper understanding of the individual, seeking to get a deeper understanding of why they believe what they believe. And I don't wanna beat a dead horse because Jared and I have done this numerous times, but I think it bears a little thumping right now in that when we start to communicate that, we will start to see even at the most extreme ends of the spectrum, most of the people are doing what they're doing because they want similar as what we want, to see our families taken care of, to see their communities protected. It's just their ways of learning to express that is probably not the best, most productive, or most healthy way. And many of them are people that, again, we look at as jerks, villains, whatever it is. We wouldn't want to have them as neighbors. We wouldn't want to invite them over for dinner. And it's hard for us to imagine how do we have intimate communication with people we wouldn't want to share the dinner table with. Because most of us struggle with intimate communication with some of the people we even do share the dinner table with. So let alone to go to those greater depths and allow for that vulnerability to really sit and listen with someone and not just to go to the name calling um i thought you know should i share the the, the afghanistan story i told you about
1: oh do we have we never shared that I don't think on, so. the, on the group I don't yes think... you have to share that story that is that is the story that that lends to this this whole conversation Right in terms of leadership, what we really, what we really want to see in a leader, versus what we've started to come to, you know, accept. We, we, and, and this is, and I'm not gonna blame Donald Trump. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna let him tell the story, guys. But before he does, I'm not gonna blame Donald Trump because um, this has been years and years. One of the reasons why people elected a non-politician to the presidency of the United States because we were tired of politicians saying one thing, doing another, blah, 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 blah. I can't really, I don't feel like I can trust you, which is the most fundamental of, of human needs in a relationship. Trust is actually number one, which is one of the reasons why we'll accept an asshole because if we know that that's who he is, we can trust him to be an asshole. 100%. Yeah, yes. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and so trust is, trust is huge you know, in and, and every, every human relationship. So once the trust thing started to go out the window, that's when politics started to really get ugly. So I'll say that to say, we started to accept something in leaders that is way less than completeness, right? And, and you know, we, 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 we we're still looking for, you know, a, a, like a, a this, Right, something that we feel is a complete, you know, more complete entity. Entity. Now, I, I will say this doesn't exist in in, in man. Nobody is like that whole ideal. Nobody's a real Captain America, right? Like nobody's, you know, a real uh, uh, Superman or whatever. Most people are, you know, at the best Batman, at the absolute positive best possibly fine <laughs> it's like, or Wolverine.
0: <laughs> well, we didn't even get into the X-Men beforehand. We should have gone there.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like those are like, yeah. those are like, it's about as close as people get. <laughs> yeah. But Jesse has a, has a, has a great story of a friend of his who I think it was, it was a great story of, of, of leadership. And what we want, and when you can choose one route for leadership, and then choosing versus choosing another, and I think what we what we innately respect the most, even though you could see both as as viable forms of leadership, I guess. So go ahead, tell, tell your Afghanistan story.
0: Yeah, no, and I, I think that was such a good setup too. Especially, I'm glad you you brought to the point the trust piece because I think that is that's a fundamental thing, and in politics especially. If we look at that level two, well, I scratched your back and voted for you. Now you're not reciprocating, scratching mine by doing what you said you were going to do. You're flip-flopping back and forth. And so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you all, too, just with this story, a couple of things. First of all, this story comes from someone who I trust implicitly. I, and I'm going to say more nice things about him right now than I ever would say to him in person because that's our relationship dynamic. We usually call each other all sorts of funny names, but it's from a very loving place. And this is somebody I've known since we were probably six years old. And I, again, I trust him fully. I know he's a human being of integrity. And I know what he shared with this story is to be be the truth because he's never, ever demonstrated anything otherwise to me. And so my friend, he was he's in the military. He's in the Army. And he was deployed to Afghanistan in the last year. And part of what his unit was designated to do was to Train and developed Afghan soldiers to be able to take over and essentially defend themselves and deal with the Taliban when the U.S. pulled out. With my friend being a commanding officer, he, one of the things he had to do is he had to go over into these local communities, Afghan communities, and start to form relationships with the people there to be able to get information and to be able to advance kind of the, whatever the agenda is. And this one community, keep in mind too, Afghanistan, most of Afghanistan is is more impoverished than most of us can even begin to imagine, right? We imagine our worst day where we're so stressed about money, we're so worried about not being able to eat, and it's probably would be, let's stay at the Hilton or the Ritz for many of those people. They're living in, you know, mud, mud structures with no running water, no electricity, And this is in 2020, right? This is still the the world they live in with the constant fear of suicide bombings, attacks from the outside, whatever it is, the the idea of them leaving their house. And it's very real, they could step on a landmine, they could be killed. My friend has to go over to one of these communities and in this community, there is a person who is one of the more, you know, what would be the term? Like on the hierarchy is one of the top of the hierarchy in the community. And he's in charge of basically the water source for the community. And he was handpicked and appointed by the Taliban. All right, so already we hear a Taliban and many of us, when I say Taliban, we will have an image that pops to mind of what the Taliban is. Because we've heard that word so many times and usually when we hear that word in Western culture, we hear it associated with like Osama Bin Laden, 9-11, so on and so forth. So it probably doesn't evoke. It's kind of one of those cards we can play, right? Just the same as we might say Trump or race or misogynist or whatnot. My friend gets there to this guy, who is the water the water overseer. I think that's actually his, his name is the water Malik, and I may be mispr- mispronouncing that name. And <clears throat> he starts to talk to him, and the guy immediately gets upset and agitated. And he's gesturing wildly, and so the translator is starting to translate. And the translator is basically telling my friend, who do you think you are? You can't just come in here and tell me this type of stuff. And my friend's telling him what he needs and what he needs to do. The friend, the guy's getting upset. He's a, where's the other guy that was here before you? I don't know you. You just can't come into my house, bossing me around, telling me what to do, all this type of stuff. And my friend tells me he has this moment. He's like, well, you know, technically I can, I'm the one with the gun. I'm the one that has the entire United States army behind him. I, I can do that. And he stopped and he thought about it for a moment. And then he also realized that he also had this other, opportunity, other choice he could do. That he could see this guy not as a Taliban, but as a human being. My friend apologized to the interpreter. He apologized. He said, you're right. I'm so sorry. And then he said for the next several weeks, they spent time just developing a relationship. Didn't talk about what they needed to do in terms of the U.S. military, anything like that. They started to form a relationship. My friend would come over and he would, the watermelon would offer him food and my friend said, no, I can't eat right now because it was during Passover and he had given up a certain type of food. And then he explained how Passover, you give up food kind of like similar to what Muslims might give up during Ramadan. And all of a sudden they started to find they have this commonalities in these religions that have been, you know, embodied as extremism in certain ways of interpretation. They're seeing similarities They started sharing stories about their fathers and their their mutual concern about their dads getting older and what's going on. And the Afghanistan gentleman was saying how his dad had survived. He was 80 years old. So think about that: 80 years old in Afghanistan. That's literally 50 plus years of consecutive war, whether it's civil war with outside invaders. And he had lived in one of the larger cities and he was really worried about his health. Well, one day my friend goes to visit with this guy and you never, you never schedule visits. You always show up unannounced because if you're military and you're letting people know when you come, it's a great way to get ambushed. He shows up and the guy's not there. And somebody comes out and says that he had gone into the city to visit his father. My friend thinks no big deal, doesn't even sweat it, goes back to the base. He, the Afghanistan gentleman returns to his home finds out that my friend had visited him and he wasn't there to receive him. More importantly, he wasn't there to receive his friend, which in his culture, that's you just don't do that. What he does then is he sets off on foot and he walks, I don't know how many miles, how many hours in the middle of the Afghan, hot Afghanistan to the US military base. Now think about this for a minute. A man that is handpicked by the Taliban, walking on foot, looking like you know, what we've represented the Taliban to be. Like many of us, we could start to picture this story, approaching the US military base. He doesn't get too close because he's terrified that if he gets too close, he'll probably get shot because they'll wonder is he, you know, suicide bomb or something like that. So he sits down, sits down in the dirt outside the base. Somebody comes and gets my friend. I say, hey, I think so-and-so's out front. And they're, "What what do you think he's doing there? Let's go find out. My friend goes outside with the interpreter And the guy sits up and he immediately starts apologizing. I'm so sorry I wasn't there to receive you. I'd gone in to see my father, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He was genuinely ashamed that he wasn't there to receive my friend because friends do that for one another. Friendship that had been formed over a mutual understanding and respect for religious practices, a mutual understanding and respect for concern over their father's aging. And the next thing you know, my friend sits down in the dirt with him. And the two of them sit in the dirt. They're in front of the U.S. military base and end up talking for hours. And they're not necessarily talking about political stuff or why governments don't like each other, why they can't get along, or leadership, or any of those types of things. They're speaking to one another as man to man, human to human, two humans that are concerned about their fathers, two humans that generally want the best for their families, their friends, their communities, and are trying to figure out how to make their way in the world to do the best they can, The thing is with this story, which I absolutely love, and I've I've asked my friend if I could share it, is that there's a clear choice that he makes. There's a clear choice he makes. He has all the power and all the ability to force his beliefs on someone, but he chooses something else. He chooses to take the time to get to know this human being as a human being, not as the Taliban, not as somebody appointed by the Taliban, not as you know, nixed in line to Osama bin Laden or whatever we start to make those archetypes represent for ourselves, but just as a human being. And he learns that that human being is a man like him. He learns that human being practices a religion as he does. It has similarities, wouldn't you know it? And that has a father. How amazing is that? That has grown old, just like his dad has, who he expressed concerns from. I, you know, this could sound overly idealistic or... But this is what I truly believe is I really believe that the our humanity and finding the mutual humanity amongst all of us is going to be the key to us growing and evolving together and just as my friend chose not to force his will on that the the guy handpicked by the Taliban that day by using his gun, using violence, his anger, whatever that was, we all have that same choice. you know we may not have the US military behind us, but we have our words and we have our actions. And just as he didn't raise his gun that day, we don't have to raise our voices. We always have another choice. And if we continue to commit to a path of name calling, vilifying, demonizing, you know, there's the hypocrisy that Jared was speaking of, because how are we ever gonna understand one another? And what I learned from that story more anything is that the gentleman in Afghanistan who's in charge of the water, who's handpicked by the Taliban is far more like me
1: than he is different. I, I'm so mad, I, well, I'm happy. This is the perfect time to share this story. I think we talked you told me that story I don't know months ago and um and uh it it to me it is one a great example of the of the type of leadership that we want to see right from from our leaders um and then two is is the perfect example of like you said like at our core like we're the same, like at the at our core, in terms of human human beings, and what we the things that we admire, the characteristics that we like, right? Which is why you know there are certain universal universals among heroes, right? And and whether that's mythological heroes like Hercules and Achilles and all of those those people to. You know the 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 real life examples of heroes that people think of in terms of like you know warriors or you know maybe like an Alexander the Great or whatever um, just because that's that's one I think that everybody knows or Julius Caesar or somebody like that. Um, but to you know Captain America, Batman, all that stuff, to a guy who and this is what I said to you when you first told me that story, right? like this this the man who the Taliban who had chose to look over the most valuable resource in the desert <laughs> the water right <laughs> right you're looking you're pretty much in charge of life and death if you're in charge of water in the desert right the man who the Taliban had chose to do, do this was still such a man of integrity right that when his when when he missed a meeting with this guy who was representative of, of the US army of a when he missed that meeting, right, when he wasn't there to receive him, which went against his code, he walked to see him, right, um, that level of integrity, and then also the level of one thing that we, we, we admire as well, right, the brashness, the not being afraid, because he knew when he was talking to your, to, a, to your friend that he had all the guns, and he still said, who do you think you are telling me what to do, right? So it wasn't it, he he wasn't he wasn't gonna let you know he wasn't gonna cow down to him, but if you respect me, then I respect you. Yes. And what that means is when I say that I respect you, right? And you respect me, you're going to get, it. that's gonna be it, I'm gonna treat you in a universal way that 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 is that is such I mean, I don't even, I don't even, we don't, we don't, I, f- I feel like we're losing that. And that's, I, that's what I mean when I say hypocrisy, right? We lose, we're losing the thought of, and maybe it's not hypocrisy because your friend took the time to get to know this guy. He made that choice. He made that turn of, let me know him as a human being. And once he made that turn, he was able to find this man of integrity, right? um because he could have not chose to to make that turn and what he would have found is the other side of the man's integrity which is, is oh you want to fight me i'm gonna fight you yes right <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> and, i'll make this possibly hard for you while you're here yes 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 which is which those two traits typically go hand in hand um they, they do sometimes they and unfortunately I, I would say sometimes they don't sometimes people are just that's where, I, that's where I think what I'm getting to when I say the jerk or the asshole side of things is that we're, we're missing that the, the part of being a jerk or an asshole or whatever, what, that, what, we, what we really would respect about that is that you do right by me, I'll do a 110-fold right by you, right? Not just the side of, oh, you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you bad. Right. I think we're stuck when I see people communicate, we're stuck in that cycle, which is why sometimes, I don't know if you guys, I think the group has transformed. I like it, which while we're so careful about who we let in and we're doing a really good job, where like, we're able to, people are able to give, give and receive and we're learning and we're understanding each other and we're meeting each other on this common ground. I do think that like when we go out into the world, we have those conversations with people. Um, we're running into the issue of, um, yeah, I, I, I said that there was credibility to your statement or whatever, but they still see you only as an adversary or as somebody like that. And, um, and I think, and I, and I'm talking from maybe a a personal perspective, (laughs) more so, more so than, than anything guys. And so that is me being, um, you know, uh, transparent with you guys in terms of in terms of that. I, don't get me wrong; I have very good relationships, very good conversations with a multitude of people. Um, but I am I am more and more put off by some of the language that I see um, that I see people use online in terms of like not being able to see the humanity of the other person. Or denying the validity of statements because it doesn't suit your agenda or your whatever. And when we do those types of things, to me, that's 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 hypocritical. And we start to lose integrity, and we start to we start to 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 a certain extent. I'm sorry, guys, we lose our own sense of humanity because we're 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 cutting off the things that make us multifaceted individuals. For the sake of an argument or an idea or a belief, um, and and that and that in that's what, that's that's destructive. It's internally destructive. <laughs> well, well, before it becomes yeah. physically destructive or anything like that, um, you, you you internally are, are are tearing up a piece of yourself that would allow you to see this person, this you know Taliban elected water guy, as this man of integrity if I treat right, right, and I and I do right by them, you know, they they become, you know, my greatest ally, right? Because they do have such a sense of integrity that it wouldn't allow them to go against it when when push came to shove, right? And you're like, no, 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 this is this is wrong. Right? And um and that's what <laughs> That's what I, I feel like that's that's the the elevation of, of human consciousness, right? right? Is because I, I do think that no matter where you're born, no matter what your upbringing is, somebody put up, you know, something on population, you put up something on population density, right? Or growing up in the country versus growing up in the city, right? You may have a different perspective. You may see things differently, but... I do believe that all human beings are born with, there's a difference between what's socially considered acceptable. And I think in those two environments, there's a different things that are socially considered acceptable, right? But in terms of integrity, in terms of like at core right and wrong and what we ideal, ideally want to live like and be like, I think humans are humans. And, and and we have to get below all of that to, to under to 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 understand it. And we have to talk to each other. Right. And 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 you know, I think that's probably why you're so interested sometimes in like the serial killer stuff. Because you wonder if there's a layer beneath. Where this is still is still that human, (laughs) right?
0: And I'll, I'll tell you, Jared, my ongoing most challenging personal work for myself is I love to play the good guy bad guy game. I love to just make somebody else completely wrong so I can absolve myself from having to look at myself. I love to just point a finger and call somebody a name and be free of it all and just say okay that's it i'm here and they're here and that's it and as much as i love that because it feels good in the moment i know i know that is not going to help further what i really believe in Mm -hmm. and help evolve and advance humanity in the way that i would i i really believe in and so while I'll acknowledge that that is something I enjoy doing, you know, and it, it feels good in the moment, it feels really good to be right, and it feels even better to make somebody else wrong, I will go to and examine the behaviors and the psychology of those extremes, because I find that if I'm able to lean in and find some piece of humanity in there, doesn't mean I agree with it at all, but it means I can start to understand it, maybe the why behind that led the behavior, what it does do is it starts to give me more grace and an ability to find a greater level of compassion for the 99% of us that don't live on those extremes. And it's in that, it's in that communication that I think that I'm able to touch the people then that I'm one degree of separation with. And by hope, my hope is that by touching them, then they touch the people that are one degree of separation of them and that they're one degree of separation, they're one degree of separation, they're one degree. And eventually you get a degree of separation that is on the outlying border. And so when they go and approach those extremes, it's not me from the inside going to the out, but it's somebody who's right there similar to them. And it almost becomes that in my mind, you know, it sounds cheesy and cliche, but it's that image of us all holding hands around the world. I cannot reach across to Afghanistan. But what I can do is I can have a conversation that might have another conversation, they might have another conversation, they might have another conversation, they might have another conversation. Eventually there is that person who is right there and who can do that. And I think one of the really incredible things about that guy in Afghanistan, it just just occurred to me when we were talking, you know, taking that consideration of extreme poverty, when you have nothing, literally nothing, But maybe the only thing that's really there is your word and your integrity. That becomes everything. And it becomes everything in how we interact and treat one another. You know, we're so blessed for many of us in Western worlds that we have so much. We have everything. You know, we may not have everything compared to, again, the extremes in our society. People who have the cars, the houses, whatever it is. But we have everything compared to most of the world. And that's a wonderful blessing. And I think it's amazing to have abundance. And I often wonder, does it sometimes cloud our ability to get to the humanity of a people? And
1: absolutely. yeah, absolutely. Cause, we're, cause it, it allows us to draw more lines of, 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 I guess demarcation, right? Yeah. We can draw more lines between us and other, I live in this kind of house. I have, I make yes. this amount a year. I have this kind of car, right? I have, yeah. So the more stuff I have, the more lines I can draw between me and somebody else. Yes. And And then I have these
0: layers of risk, right? Well, if I do this and I could lose that house, I could lose that car. I could lose this social status. I could lose this circle of friends. I could lose. We have all these layers until we actually get to that core fundamental value of ourselves. But maybe just maybe part of what happens with that, the gentleman over in Afghanistan is because he doesn't have all that. It's a, you're looking at these other pieces much
1: quicker well I'm just I I think that my perspective has has allowed me to you know my experiences in life have have allowed me to see a bit just in this own country like I think other people maybe you know travel to other places and get to and get to see it but I think when you travel to somewhere else and you see it then you put it you kind of put it in again in kind of that Afghan terms versus you know um whatever, but like having lived in you know a place like Baltimore City and then you know been in the military and then lived in you know Hawaii and then lived in California and now living in arizona um i can I can tell you like in my the only truth that I can see is that like uh, i gotta I gotta go that's my client but um. <laughs> The only truth that I can see is that the things that we hold up in terms of, you know, personality and character are always like always the same, you know. Um, yeah, you know, like people talk about, you know, some people say there's no honor among thieves. Right. Can you okay, oh, can, yeah Can you tell them to be right with them um, right there. people say there's no honor among thieves. Um, but obviously there's a there's a code in the streets. Right. And if you don't live by that code, right, then you're, you're in your lifeline. It is not going to be very long. Yeah. Right? You know and I'm saying you, you're, you're, you're going, you're not going to make it very far. And I think that that's true throughout all facets of life, right? Like there, there is, there's a code, like people saw, so I, I, I was involved in a conversation and I think it actually came up in a group and there's, you know, a lot of it online whether or not we can have morals without religion, right? Um, and whether or not we can teach morality in school, right? Or, at, you know, you can teach athletes, can we teach morality? Um, but there, there is something innate in human beings, almost as innate as forming tribes is, right? Is that like, um, there's certain characteristics that, are universally held up to, no matter your background. That's the only truth that I have. Right now, I'll tell you the truth. Like you, you talk about right and wrong, <laughs> and and that stuff, and being able to say like that. Um, I I I I uh, again probably because of the of the uh, moral ambiguity of my upbringing. <laughs> right. I have never, um, I've never, I've never liked that game of right and wrong ever. Right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm right. You're wrong. I've always tried to look at, okay. things from the other person's perspective. Um, because I was a super deep and empathetic child and, you know, all this other kind of stuff and I always wanted to understand somebody else's point of view. Right and um, and 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 it was because I I I relayed all of my parents' failings, whom I loved, right? Specifically, my mom's failings, whom I loved with all of my heart. I relayed that onto everyone else in the world. Mm. So if that means like, if I love my mom. In spite of all of the things that I know she's done that the world would tell her was wrong, and it's my duty then to understand why people would do wrong things, and then to see the humanity in them, despite of right. So I lived my whole life like that, with that, like because it, because if once I once I said that once I looked at uh, one other person's action as wrong and was like decided I disliked them or I hated them or they were evil, right? then I, then I interpreted that to say, well, then I have to call my ma- my mother, right. Or maybe even some of my other family's members, some of my uncle Jimmy's, right? I have to call them evil too. I can't, I can't yeah. separate the two. Right. I can't, I can't like, I can't like, you know, love this person for who they are and hate that person for being almost the same exact way. Right. But like, so like, you know, like, and, and so, and so I treated it that way. And so it's, My problem, my issue actually is the opposite of yours. It's like, okay, what is really right and what is really wrong? Right? What is really right and what is really wrong? And that was also kind of what we started, we talked about as far as villainy versus the good guy. And the good guy, right? Like your friend, have the power, can make you do what I want you to do. Right? But I know that there's a better way. I want to give you the choice to make your own decision. It's the difference between God and the devil, right? The devil is always trying to manipulate us, always trying to put us, this is, this isn't Christian type things, guys. Don't, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not like saying I believe this, but like in terms of like when you learn religion, like the devil's putting roadblocks in your way, put you in a bad situation, right? Um, trying to ma- manipulate you, right? All this other kind of stuff, right? Whereas God is like, oh, free will. He allows the devil to tempt you and all this other kind of stuff, right? But I'm going to give you free will to make your own choices. That's what ultimate power is. That's what we see as, that's what we universally see as good. Mm-hmm. When I have the power to force you to do something and then say, figure it out on your own. It's good parenting, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? To a certain extent, right? To a certain extent is, is I teach you right from wrong. And then I give you the ability to be like, you're going to make that bad choice, right? Unless it's, unless it's a danger to you other than yourself, a good parent is going to let you live your life and learn your lessons. Yeah. Right? They're not going to force you into this box and make you make what they say is the right decision every single So I know I can... Good is, I have power, you have choices. Bad is, I have power, you have no fucking choices. Right, do what I say or die, or suffer the wrath. Right, and 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 sometimes that's, that's necessary, but most times you need to allow the person to to choose who they want to be, who they want to become, and all that kind of stuff. And you know, bad is hopeless existence. Good is hope. <laughs> bad is all people are evil. All people are disgusting. All people lie. All people cheat. All people do this. Good is yeah, people have flaws, but for the most part, have hope in humanity and society and stuff like that. So I think we're born with those, right? I think we're I think we're born with that. And it doesn't matter where you grow up. Does it doesn't matter, you know, who your parents were, right? It's just the question is, do you still believe in these things? Do you still believe in these things? Or have you become to believe in the other side of stuff? And then this is this is fake and phony. And I think I think to a certain extent we we you know. This is this is it. Oh, I got it. And I missed the conversation. I gotta go. And I'm sorry because I know you want to. I know you want to say something. No, no. As Americans, we've lost that. To a certain extent, I think we've lost that sense of hope and belief and faith in our own country and in our fellow human and our fellow man i think as americans we don't believe in our fellow man as much as we used to and i think that's on both sides and so because we've lost hope and belief in the humanity of each other we are now getting to a point of you're an asshole you're a dick you're the demon you're racist you're blah 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 Because we don't no longer believe that you can be anything else other than that. We don't have any faith in you. Probably don't have faith in ourselves either. But anyway, that's so deep. (laughs) No, I think,
0: and I know you got to go, Jared, so we'll wrap it up there. And just, as always, we invite your conversation, your discussion, your comments. Please. We appreciate all of you following along, listening, and we will be back here again next time. Jared, I appreciate you, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your day.
1: Easy.